preface and chapter one of dr quintard chaplain c s a and second bishop of tennessee this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by david wales dr quintard chaplain c s a and second bishop of tennessee by charles todd quintard preface and chapter one introduction preface the chapters of this volume containing the memoirs of the war were written by bishop quintard about the year eighteen ninety six and are to be read with that date in mind the work of the editor thereon has been devoted to bringing them into conformity with a plan agreed upon in personal interviews with bishop quintard about that time in the first and in the last two chapters of the book the editor has drawn freely even to the extent of transcribing entire sentences and paragraphs upon the bishop's own addresses in the diocesan journals of tennessee upon memorial addresses by his successor the right rev dr gaylor upon material used in some of the chapters of the editor's history of the church in the diocese of tennessee and upon documents preserved in the archives of the university of the south thanks are due to the rev bartow b ramage the rev roland hale and mr george e purvis among others for valuable assistance in the original preparation of the memoirs a h n sewanee tennessee may nineteen o five chapter one introduction writers upon the late civil war have never done full justice to the high religious character of the majority of those who compose the confederate government and its army and the high religious principles which inspired them not only was the conviction of conscience clear in the southern soldiers that they were right in waging war against the federal government but the people of the south looked upon their cause as a holy one and their conduct of affairs civil and military was wholly in accord with such a view the confederacy as it came into existence committed its civil affairs by deliberate choice to men not only of approved morality but of approved religious character as well it was not merely by accident that in the organization of its army choice was made of such men as robert e lee and thomas j jackson not to mention a large number of other christian soldiers as leaders and it seemed in no way incongruous in the conduct of a war of such a character that commissions were offered to and accepted by the rev william nelson pendleton rector of grace church lexington virginia and the right rev leonidas polk d d bishop of louisiana a religious tone pervades the state papers pertaining to the confederacy its proclamations and its legislation the same religious tone is conspicuous in a majority of the military leaders it is found upon investigation to have impressed itself upon the officers of regiments and companies and upon the private soldiers in the ranks throughout the whole army so that there is more than an ordinary basis for the statement surprising as such statement may appear at first that the armies of the confederate states had in them a larger proportion than any other in history since those of cromwell's nicknamed roundheads of true and active christian men 
the provision made for the spiritual needs of the men in the field was quite remarkable in the great haste with which the army of the confederacy was organized equipped and sent to the field there might have been found abundant apology for the omission of chaplains from the official staffs yet there was no need for seeking such an apology for the chaplains were not overlooked even imputing a love of excitement and adventure to the young men who composed in such large measure the fighting forces of the confederacy at the first they did not neglect to secure the services of a chaplain for each regiment which went to the seat of war it was naturally thought that work might be found for chaplains in the hospitals but it was early discovered that a chaplain had opportunities for efficient work at all times in the midst of active campaigns and when the army was in winter quarters nor was their work in vain few religious services in times of peace equalled in attendance in fervor or results those held at or in the immediate vicinity of encampments of the confederate army the camps of regiments which had been sent forth with prayer and benediction were often the seats of earnest religious life it is estimated that fifteen thousand men in the army of virginia alone made some open and public profession of their allegiance to christ during the war and were affected in their subsequent lives by religious experiences gained in the war and the number is especially remarkable of men in the southern army who after the close of the war entered the sacred ministry and won distinction in their holy calling a study of what might be called the religious phases of this war history should be approached through a consideration of the chaplains of the confederacy they were a regimental institution and their number might be determined by the number of regiments engaged in the war they were for the most part men of brains of a keen sense of humor and of fidelity to what they regarded as their duty sticking to their posts maintaining the most friendly and intimate relations with the boys ever on the lookout for opportunities to do good in any way ready to give up their horses to some poor fellows with bare and blistered feet and to march in the column as it hurried forward going on picket duty with their men and bivouacking with them in the pelting storm sharing with them at all times their hardships and their dangers gaining a remarkably wide experience during four years of army life and probably with it all acquiring the pleasing art of the raconteur if an individual were desired for a more particular illustration of the religious phases of confederate war history he might be found in the rev charles todd quintod m d of the first tennessee regiment and after the war second bishop of tennessee he not only fully conformed to the type above indicated but in some respects he surpassed it for his knowledge of the healing art and his surgical skill were ever at the demands of his fellow-soldiers he was one of the earliest to enter the service of the confederate army and was probably the most widely known and the best beloved of all the chaplains dr quintard was born in stamford connecticut on the twenty second of december eighteen twenty four his ancestors were huguenots who left france after the revocation of the edict of nantes and settled the country north of manhattan island between long island sound and the hudson river 
those who knew dr quintard at any period of his life had no difficulty in detecting his french ancestry in his personal appearance as well as in his manner his vivacity and demonstrativeness though not a few who failed to get well acquainted with him fell into the error of supposing that some of his mannerisms were an affectation acquired in some of his visits to england subsequent to the war his father was isaac quintard a man of wealth and education a prominent citizen of stamford having been born in the same house in which he gave his son a birthplace and in which he died in eighteen eighty three in the ninetieth year of his age the doctor was a pupil at trinity school new york city and took his master's degree at columbia college he studied medicine with dr james r wood and dr valentine mott and was graduated with the degree of doctor of medicine at the university of the city of new york in eighteen forty seven after a year at bellevue hospital he removed to georgia and began the practice of medicine at athens in that state where he was a parishioner of the rev william bacon stevens afterwards bishop of pennsylvania in eighteen fifty one he accepted the chair of physiology and pathological anatomy in the medical college of memphis tennessee and became in that city co-editor with dr ayres p merrill of the memphis medical recorder there also he formed a close friendship with bishop oti and in january eighteen fifty four he was admitted a candidate for holy orders that year he appeared in the twenty-sixth annual convention of the church in the diocese of tennessee held in st john's church knoxville as the lay representative of st paul's church randolph st paul's church has since passed out of existence and the town of randolph no longer appears upon the map of the state of tennessee studying theology under the direction of his bishop he was ordered deacon in calvary church memphis in january eighteen fifty five and a year later was advanced to the priesthood his diaconate was spent in missionary work in tipton county one of the mississippi river counties of tennessee upon his advancement to the priesthood he became rector of calvary church memphis in the latter part of eighteen fifty six he resigned the rectorship of his memphis parish and at the urgent request of bishop oti accepted the rectorship of the church of the advent nashville he had charge also of the church of the holy trinity in that city and extended his work to edgefield now east nashville and to the parish of st anne he served the diocese as a member of the standing committee and as a clerical deputy to the general convention meeting in richmond virginia in the fall of eighteen fifty nine he was a man of varied and deep learning a preacher of power and attractiveness and ranked among the clergymen of greatest prominence and popularity in nashville he was of ardent temperament affectionate disposition and possessed personal magnetism to a remarkable degree especially with young men who looked up to him with an affection which is now rarely if ever shown by young men to the ministry this and the influence he had over young men are illustrated by the organization in eighteen fifty nine of the rock city guard a militia company composed largely of the young men of nashville dr quintard was at once elected chaplain of that organization and his first public parade was for the purpose of attending services in a body at the church of the advent at which he officiated 
his was a churchmanship of a type in those days considerably in advance of the average in the antebellum period in the south he was clearly under the spell of the oxford movement and of the english tractarians and occupied a position to which churchmen generally in this country did not approach until ten or twenty years later he was a sacerdotalist a pronounced sacramentarian at times when the highest high churchmen of the country would have hesitated long before applying those terms to themselves to him baptism was not a theory and a notion but a gift and a power and baptized children were to be educated not with a view to their becoming christians but because they were already christians consequently he regarded confirmation not as joining the church or as merely a ratifying and renewing of the vows and promises of holy baptism and hence as something which man does for god but as something which god does for man the bestowal of the gift of the holy spirit to the preparation of candidates for confirmation he therefore gave his most earnest attention even to the extent of preparing a plan tract on confirmation and in eighteen sixty one a preparation for confirmation a manual of eighty-nine pages his veneration for the church's liturgical inheritance was great and the books of devotion he compiled and had printed for the use of soldiers during the war were drawn from the ancient sources he attached the utmost importance to the holy communion as a means of spiritual life and throughout the war he availed himself of every opportunity of administering it to the soldiers in camp in the wayside churches as he passed them and in towns where he temporarily rested with the army with a host of friends in nashville and vicinity who looked up to him with love and reverence it is not strange that dr quintard should have been the choice for chaplain of those who enlisted from that city for the defence of their homes and firesides in eighteen sixty one many of the young men of his parish enlisted in the first tennessee regiment of which he was elected chaplain and feeling as he did that these young men would need his spiritual care far more than those of his parishioners who were left behind he felt it his duty to accept the office and go with his regiment to the seat of war both he and his parishioners supposed that his absence would not exceed six months he did not return to nashville until after the collapse of the confederacy and the surrender of lee's army in eighteen sixty five during those four years he gathered up a rich fund of experiences both grave and gay always an accomplished raconteur and brilliant conversationalist it is but natural that a wide circle of friends in different parts of the world should have begged him to commit to writing the story of the war as he saw it and as none but he could tell it and permit its publication about the year eighteen ninety six he consented to do this and entered with considerable enthusiasm upon the literary task thus set for him it was quite characteristic of him however that the work as he projected it was likely to have been a laudation of the men with whom he was brought into contact during the civil strife at the expense of the personal experiences of which his friends were more anxious to read for dr quintard was an enthusiast and an optimist 
no man was ever more loyal to his friends than he his estimate of human character was always based upon whatever good he could find in a man nothing was a greater delight to him in recalling the scenes of the war than to describe some deed of heroism some noble trait of character or some mark of friendship that was shown him by a soldier to acknowledge some kindness shown him or to correct some error of judgment that had been passed upon some actor in the drama of the civil war some of the men whom he paused to eulogize were those to whom fame had otherwise done but scant justice and his estimate of them is in more than one instance an addition of worth to the history of the people of the southern states the death of dr quintard on the fifteenth of february eighteen ninety eight prevented the completion of the work he had begun more than two years previously but left it in such form that it has not been entirely impossible to gratify the wishes of his friends in regard thereto and to make a valuable contribution to the pictures of life in the southern states during the troubled days of the civil war end of preface and chapter one